I enjoy life. I, I see the beauty in so many things I, I was just blind for because I was too busy performing. Welcome back to the North Star podcast. Today I have Nicole of House of Farm Lab on the show. And oh my goodness, after talking to Nicole, you guys, I felt truly like I had just had an energetic bath. I mean, you're going to feel it in this episode. We spoke, I feel so slowly, intentionally, like the whole energy of this episode is like warm honey moving through your veins she's so special and she is like the to me she is like the embodiment of divine feminine and something you guys are probably going to notice I mean I've always talked about being slow being soft being gentle and I hope I have been clear when I've been saying and speaking to these things that these are not when I'm saying to embrace this, I'm not insinuating the weak because what I really believe is that our power as women is embracing the soft when we're soft, we're actually strong. And these seeming paradoxes are they're both they're they're two things can be true at once and I just you just see that embodied you feel that rather embodied so deeply in Nicole and it was the main thing that I feel I zeroed in on I just wanted to learn from her how she moved from being this you know, a high powered woman to being this goddess who lives in the country, who moves slowly, who has a magical business. I just think that this is divine. And I think that we can all learn from the way that she has truly embraced her soft side and has really, as I've been saying, has been leaning into the power of this. And we talk about her transition into living this way. So, you know, I'm actually just going to let you guys dive right in. I kind of have resolved unless I have a lot to really say, I don't want to waste your time. So not for the sake of rushing, but for the sake of understanding how it is to be a listener and knowing how often I, as a consumer, just zip past the intro because I just want to hear the meat. I want to hear the juice of the episode. I've resolved to just not summarize everything that you're about to hear because why bother? So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with the gorgeous Nicole or Madame Formtastica of House of Form Lab. Enjoy. Well, my name is Nicole. I'm the founder of House of Form Lab. Um, call myself the head witch <laughs> House of Form Lab, which I really like because it's a bit tongue in cheek, um, and that says a lot about who I am. I love to bring magic, but in a very um, easy to understand, light way. Mm. Um, and I think that's 
that's me in a nutshell head witch yeah <laughs> yeah you have um you have some very you have very beautiful business that you've created and I would love to just have you share a little bit about House of Form Lab and you yep. know what it is and what inspired the creation of it yeah so House of Form Lab is a modern day magic store mm-hmm. um and I created it when I was still uh, working for my branding agency, which was called Formlab. Mm. And that's, that name is derived from creating form mm. or experimenting with form. So Form Laboratory. Um, and I've been doing that for more than 20 years. We did branding for hotels, real estate companies, very B2B. Mm. kind of business mm-hmm. but on the storytelling side of it um, but I always knew that my sole purpose lied somewhere else and after like 20 years of B2B business I could feel the calling getting louder and louder right and I started this little side business um, <clears throat> House of Form Lab mm. And I felt like under House of Form Lab, I could curate beautiful stuff. That's how it started. Um, And when I started to dig into that feeling, like, what is it that I really want to do? What is it that I really want to bring into this world? I realized it was magic stuff. Mm. (laughs) And um, it started with me importing tarot decks from independent makers I love reading the tarot that's that's my first love and I realized that there are a lot of beautiful decks out there but are really expensive and difficult to import Mm. and I started doing that for my shop which was at the time not an online shop it was just a little place uh, that I created in our agency for people just to visit Um, and from that I slowly started to add other magical items like a pendulum um, then crystals then I started to create my own products and that grew into this business as it is today which is like a complete shop for anything magical yeah, and it really is so beautiful. I'm curious what you were like as a kid. Was magic, um, tarot, what did your childhood look like? Do you have these elements infused in your life or when did they come about in your own life? Yeah, not when I was really young. Um, I grew up in a very traditional family. Um, and... I was a very, I I really liked to be alone as a child. I was very much on my own, um, in my head, creating stories. Um, So I guess it's always been in me, but I didn't have the tools or the knowledge to understand what was going on because I could be in my room for hours just talking Mm. to myself, to spirits. Now I think it was to spirits, but I didn't realize that when I was small. Um, but around the age of 14, 
I met this beautiful guy <laughs> with an even more beautiful mother. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I fell more in love with him or with his mom. Um, his mom was a healer mm. and a fortune teller and a herbalist. And when I met her, I felt like I'm at home. This is this is what I love. This is who I am. This is what I want to understand. She was doing all these rituals and I was like peeping around the door, looking at what she was doing. Oh. Um, and she taught me a lot of what I know now. So yeah, it's part of my childhood. Depends on how you look at it. I was around 14 mm-hmm. at that time. But then, yeah, my life was filled with magic and conversations with all these wise women. And they came together and they were talking about spirit and um, photo tradition. And and I was mesmerized. I was like, yeah, yeah, I love this. This is me. Wow. And did you have any trepidation, any fear of if you were to bring that into your life, what would people think or... Not at the time. Actually, that came later. Mm. Not at the time. At the time, I was so mesmerized and I felt like finally I'm at home. I never knew I was looking for it. But when I found it, I knew. Um, So it was just excitement and curiosity and just wanting to learn. And because I was in this family um, with all priestesses, I wasn't scared about what other people would think because it seemed so normal. Right. Um, later on in life, when I started to um, work, get my own business, and I got into this very B2B kind of lifestyle, then I was like, hmm, getting a bit more to myself and not sharing these things about myself because it's like, hmm, they might not take me seriously. Actually, I was talking to a client this morning. I was doing a tarot reading and we were talking about business. And we were talking about this topic, how hard it is to run a business and be very open about your spirituality and the power, especially inside yourself, right? Because it's not about what other people say, but it's what you feel. And I can still really understand how difficult it is to just be open about it i am now always but i still sometimes hear that little voice inside me like "Mm, might sound a bit silly in this group of people that i assume don't know anything about magic or spirituality Mm -hmm. um but it's all about trusting yourself yeah how did you come to that place of it sounds like peace within yourself and confidence within yourself and was was there any moment or was it a transition and approach process mm, that's a good question um i think hmm, i think it's been a process in um so it's been a bit of a curve so when i first got introduced to 
spiritualism and magic and witchcraft and voodoo. I had total belief in myself and I knew I could do this mm-hmm. and that this was me and that I was brought into this world to be part of this group of wise women. Then I went on with life and then that went to the background a bit and business came became more important and I lost a bit of that self-esteem, that trust in myself. And with that also comes that sensitivity for what other people think about you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I've realized it's not about what they say. It's about how I feel about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think I just put that in the parking lot for a while. And then when I moved back into magic, I got confronted with that and I had to work through that feeling of what is it that makes me a bit weary about being upfront about it. And then I realized it's my own insecurity. If I could really trust my craft and if I could really trust myself and believe mm-hmm. in what I say and what I do. And when I understood that there's the key, Mm-hmm. and then, it, then it's easy because then you know right so I think it's been a process <laughs> yeah did did you kind of let's say bridge that gap once you realized that was it just you invited in more of it into your life did you was it just simply that awareness uh, I think it was 80 percent that awareness yeah and 20 percent um working on my craft again because I also needed to reconnect with my powers reconnect with my rituals I've always it's it's always been present in my life but not as a main Mm. main item it's always been in the background because I had to work sure and now magic is my work so there was time for that final 20% to work through and reconnect and, and, and find new tools. Yeah. Does your, when you say your craft, now does that include at this point, does that include tarot? Does it include uh, spell casting? Uh, what is like the, what is the overall? The scope? Yeah, the scope. What is it? <laughs> the scope of my magic. <laughs> uh, I would say that, Reading the tarot is my my main focus, uh, but I love spellcraft. I do a lot of spell work, mm-hmm. especially now in Portugal where I'm living in nature. Mm-hmm. There's so much power around me. Um, I also do it for customers. Yes. So spellcraft would be my second. Um, and then I have this holistic <laughs> I don't know the word for it but it's like I I melted because the, the goddesses I come from are from Suriname so they come from a Vodou tradition mm. but I was born in Europe so like biologically I come from a witch tradition and these two traditions I melted together for myself mm-hmm. in rituals in um, meditations 
in how I go about my day. So my my craft is is enormous <laughs> because it, it I just pick and choose from my different traditions what I use on a daily basis. And a craft sounds so like mysterious and Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's it's just how how you go about your day, and how you cook, and how aware you are of what nutrients can do for you. Do you cook? Do you eat? Do you eat organic or not? Or you know, so that all involves craft for me. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next. Was like how, and maybe it's um. Maybe it's an all, it's a hard question to answer because it does sound like it encompasses practically everything, but how has your life shifted or how does it show up in the everyday? Like the difference between had you not embraced magic, mm-hmm. your craft versus, you know, a hundred percent day and night mm-hmm. from um, just living my life and feeling like, um like a bouncing ball you could just mm-hmm. kick me and then i would go to the left or it would go to the right and i felt like i was not in control of my life i just was riding the waves mm-hmm. and now i'm in control i decide what i do i feel fulfilled i enjoy life i i see the beauty in so many things i I was just blind for because I was too busy performing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's really day and night. Yeah, how did you notice? Like, was there something in your life that wasn't working right? Like when you started, you said that this is your sole purpose. How did you get that um, that whisper, that inclination, or how did it come to you? How did you become aware of it in the midst of your work? Because as you're you're right, when we're busy, I mean, we can't even hear our intuition sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. It's so loud. Um, and I was very stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I was very ambitious. And I was running this super successful agency. Adrenaline was like high, sky high. Um, and I heard the whisper. I like I always knew what my soul's purpose was right so I was like yeah but I have to do this in between because I need to make money and I need to own a house and a car and a blah 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 and that's what society expects from me and my parents expect from me to be successful <clears throat> but there was always this voice mm. asking me but does it make you happy and you know that there is more to life than materialistic things that has always been there um and by the end of the 20 years that i were in my agency i started to get sick but these things that you you can't put your finger on it Mm -hmm. a little too tired a little too edgy like an injury here an injury there migraines and I remember that I was on on a long a long break in Bali. 
sitting at a very posh pool, calling my friend. And she was like, how are you doing? And I'm like, that's a good question. I don't know, but I know that I don't want to go home, go back home. And she's like, why not? I'm like, I don't want to go back to my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I hung up the phone and I was like, okay, this is serious. I really need to think. So that's what I did. I started thinking like, what truly makes me happy? And this is obviously not making me happy. Um, and then it was like a, um, like a eruption of a, a mountain, like a lava stream. Everything came back to me and I was like, yeah, of course. I have to go back to my source. I have to go back to my magic, to all these things that make me happy. Nature, connecting with spirit, meditating, being with like-minded. And then I also realized that I know a lot. And I always thought that everybody knew. But when I started to talk about it, people were like, oh, tell me, how do you do that? And why do you do it? And then I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I would love to share this knowledge because I realized how privileged I am being raised and taught by these women that shared all of that knowledge with me. And I was like, I would love to share that. Yeah, it sounds, it's almost like you invited in like this, because like society in the world, it's, it, as you said, it's so fast and it's like we're operating or we're programmed to operate very much in like that masculine energy of achieve. And, and then you like invited back in like your, your intuition, your, your feminine energy really. And yeah. did you have to let go of ways of doing things, mental my, mindsets, like still yeah yeah, still yeah yeah it's that's so right that's that's how it felt like it's a shift from masculine to feminine and then balancing the both right right because it's not just feminine or um and it's still i've been doing this for four or five years now i made the switch and still i catch myself in my fire energy my masculine energy going too fast wanting to achieve something and I'm like, okay dude take it easy <laughs> it's still I'm still programmed after 20 years okay. it's not yeah. that easy to get that out of your system but I feel I'm way more balanced yeah yeah and you're right it is absolutely that balance I mean you could not have a business if you didn't have let's say the structure or the scaffolding of the masculine to sort of hold that container of the creative exactly. wisdom, inspiration, passion. Yeah, and, and the drive to move it forward. Right. And, and sometimes make decisions that are not very subtle. Yeah. Um, but I'm very happy that I reconnected with my feminine energy and that I can also make a lot of decisions based on feelings instead of facts and thoughts and drive. Yeah. And do you find now that you're kind of operating through this way, there's, there's more 
ease it and things are more simple or is it difficult sometimes to live in this way that is different mm-hmm. yeah there's way more ease in um running the business especially when i compare it back to the branding agency because i i, I just trust in the universe mm-hmm. and when things happen of course my first instinct is to go like <sighs> and uh-huh. go go into it but then now i know how to just step back and sit and feel and trust the process mm-hmm. Which makes me feel way more in control, actually. I feel way more in control in my feminine energy than in my masculine energy. Um, And sometimes it's difficult because it's not everybody understands. Right? Yeah. Not everybody understands. So it also is a, a challenge to just trust in yourself and in what you do and in what you believe. And that's That's what I I think the main thing I discovered is that now I truly do what I believe in. Mm. That gives me so much satisfaction that I'm not so worried anymore about what other people say. I feel deep in myself that this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm loving it. Mm. Yeah, that's that's so I mean it's so inspiring I I often I don't yeah very often in this podcast we'll ask people like is there something that you used to value that you that you don't value anymore yep and my it, car my house <laughs> my money <laughs> yeah. less I mean I, I still it's still scary to be not financially driven and just trust the process and it's a bit more of an insecure life but it also it freed me up but I did I I mean I had to give up a lot (laughs) what did you you mean giving up in the material world yeah and also in friends in relationships okay yeah I lost people along the way because they they can't connect with me or I can't connect with them anymore we're on a different path yeah how did you move through that because it can be challenging when there's it's especially relationships painful yeah a lot of crying a lot of feeling alone um learning to accept that this is the process Mm -hmm. but it's hard it was not that was not easy there were times and and it can still be lonely sure i mean I'm I'm really literally on my own. I live on the countryside in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. Really have to get into a car to go somewhere. Um, so it's just me. Mm-hmm. And that can be lonely sometimes. And sometimes I miss the days where I was like on hipster parties and I was always on the guest list and living mm-hmm. the high life. Mm-hmm. And I can sometimes reminisce I feel a bit melancholic about that. But I also remember how I felt and that constant chasing after the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that I said goodbye to that part of life. Yeah. 
it sounds like you have a a sort of a deeper and a richer life now absolutely absolutely and way more connections i make if i talk to people if then it's it's true connection yeah yeah which feels you in a different in a different way yeah it's it's way more fulfilling i feel like it matters yeah yeah so what if you were to look back like what is maybe one of the biggest lessons that you learned or from this journey i know it's a hard question but what comes to mind maybe not biggest just a a a lesson that you learned about yourself or about life or listen to your inner voice yeah and you don't always have to act upon it but listen and acknowledge it Mm. um yeah if i look at it if i look back i would not do it any other way because, you know, I needed all the lessons to get to where I am. But if there's one thing, it's one takeaway, I would say, listen to your intuition and acknowledge it. Yeah. Hear what it's telling you. Um, and if you can only incorporate 10 or 20% of what that voice is telling you into your life, that's already massive. Mm-hmm. A massive win. Yeah, that's such an, I, I love that actually, it's because it is very gentle, because sometimes I think we can kind of shock our, our ourselves and our nervous systems in a way when we're like, oh my God, but like, maybe I'm supposed to do something completely different, change my life in a way that you did, but we think we have to do it all at once, you know, tomorrow. Yeah, or, right. Or no, it took me 20 years. Mm. <laughs> No, that's good to hear I think yeah yeah yeah. it took me 20 years and not to say that everybody has to fully dedicate their lives to mm-hmm. magic or spiritual practice right because mm-hmm. it's I don't think that's what it's what it's meant to be mm-hmm. I think it's meant to enrich our lives and to be more connected and to feel more empowered yeah for me, magic makes me feel empowered. This is a feminine power we all have inside ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we can use it for our higher goods and our family's higher goods every single day. And that doesn't mean you have to be a full-time witch <laughs> or a full-time yoga teacher or, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. You can be like whatever you want to be, but just incorporate it into your life yeah that's perfect that was the the kind of the way I wanted to wrap this was actually by asking on in your daily life do you have things that you're you have like rituals that you're incorporating in the mornings in the evenings in the middle of the day I don't know um what is what does that look like for you on the regular so meditation is my main staple Mm. and meditation can be anything it can be chanting it can be mantras, it can be like a traditional meditation, but I always start my day with that mm-hmm. when I'm still in bed. Um, then I have my morning walk with my dog. 
And I'm super blessed that we have orange trees, avocado trees uh, around the house. So sometimes I just go and pick some fruits and thank Mama Earth, Mama Gaia for the treasures. And that's a ritual, you know, just that moment that you take to say thank you and to appreciate a fruit that's growing on a tree. Mm. And that it nourishes you. For me, that's a ritual. Um, I clean my house or I bless my house every day. I always use incense, Palo Santo. That's a way for me to acknowledge my house and to say hello and to say thank you for my spirit, to my spirit guides who are with me mm. and to acknowledge them. And these are just simple things. It's not an elaborate, but it's just lighting an incense and saying hello to my guides and say, guys, I appreciate. Mm -hmm. You walk with me every single day and you guide me through life. Cooking. I really listen to what I need. How do I feel? What does my body need? Mm -hmm. And decide to eat based on that instead of craving. Oh, that's interesting. So you, I like that you differentiate the two because I think a lot of people would believe or say that their craving is what their body you needs. Yeah. yeah. Mm, no, I think there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that at least in my, in my mind, cravings is something uh, unhealthy, something that's um, comes from processed foods, comes from um, something missing in your in yourself. Um, so that's trying to fill a hole. Mm. That's a craving. Mm -hmm. mm. But what does my body need? How do I feel? I feel tired. I feel weak. I feel... Um, super energized and based on that I do some some research and I decide okay I might need some extra leafy greens today or I just need something to calm my system down or I need a I need something to get myself to pick myself up mm -hmm. and then I try to um, cook something or eat something that according to that yeah, and I'm not I, a herbal. I am not a big nutritional. I was gonna ask you because I I thought all. maybe you you would no. be. I don't know. I got this sense. I'm like maybe she knows no, about no, no. herbalism or something. Yeah, I know. I know a little. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know a little. I know something about herbalism. I know something about nutrients, but I'm definitely not above at all. So I just do my research. Yeah, I just Google is my best friend, right? Mm -hmm. It's available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's also part of craft. And, and expanding your craft and learning more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. It, it really sounds to me, I mean, like you live this, just like it, it's so intentional. It sounds like, you know, everything that you're doing, it's very, it sounds like you've gotten rid of all the noise. You're tuned in to your spirits, to yourself, to life, <laughs> really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's nicely put. That's how I feel. <laughs>
most of the time <laughs> it's inspiring and of course we all have our you know right? yeah yeah I have my off days of course yeah yeah I I I really liked talking to you you're so calming you have like this absolutely beautiful presence can you share anything else that you you want to share about House of Forum Lab even if it's just where people can find more or what they can find specifically um whatever comes mm-hmm. to mind for you. Yeah, um, you can find me at houseofformlab.com on Instagram. Um, I work with crystals, I work with herbs, I work with the tattoo, mm. and I love to share my knowledge. So don't be afraid to shoot me a question. Um, I'd love to, to have a conversation. I do uh, Instagram lives where we just do Q and A's. I just sit and we just talk, and whatever comes to the table, we'll just talk about it. Sometimes I'll pull a card. Um, yeah, that's where I am, and the door is open. The door to my house is open, so reach out. Thank you so much. I can really feel that the open energy, it like really emanates from you. It's it's so sincere and it's just it's oh. beautiful. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was such a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on the North Star podcast. I am so grateful for your time and your presence. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can send me a DM at Mac Castro on Instagram. I mean it when I say that I'm really always happy to hear from you, be it with regards to your insights gleaned from this episode or with regard to your own unfolding journey at large. I do believe that we each have our own North Star and it's our duty to do the inner work to get to know ourselves so that we can live in harmony with our souls, carry out our calling and serve others with the gifts we have each been uniquely blessed with in this lifetime. Thank you again for joining us and I'll see you next time.